On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, friends, fans, and people who found our business card on the Starbucks bulletin board to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm still adjusting to life without our long-lost mixologist, Pedro. I'm like a labradoodle puppy that's still figuring out how all its limbs work while trying to run a bar, and the results are exactly as you might expect. It's adorable, it's messy, and a little confusing why somebody gave a puppy a bar. Uh, Seems a little irresponsible if you ask me, but please enjoy this conundrum responsibly. Of course, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found another newborn puppy from my litter to staff this little fever dream, and he is... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And our guests today are three quarters of a platinum-selling rock band from Reno. They've been kicking around in the SoCal DIY punk scene since 2013, where they lit up the underground with their electric live shows and a vibrant brand of lo-fi pop all about feeling lost and lonely in the California sun. Apparently, that's a vibe that transcends time and space since a little song of theirs called Freaks from their 2013 album Buds got picked up by TikTok's insatiable hype machine and shot them into international superstardom. 600 million streams back-to-back Coachella sets and a major label deal with Atlantic Records later, and they become one of the great pandemic success stories and proof that fun, scrappy garage rock is far from dead. They're here to give us a taste of their new album, Magic Hour, and to taste a little magic from the TNT bar. (laughs) Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Jacob Rubeck, Nick Radigan, and Henry Dillon of Surf Curse to the Pod. Woo! I can't believe I finally got through that freaking intro. <laughs> You're great, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, let's get to that. It's been a long month of mourning since Pedro left, and I think it's time we all caught up. What has everyone been listening to lately? And you, yeah, we got kind of a full room today. So if you go on too long, I'm going to have Drew play the Oscars walk-off music. So, you know, take your time wisely, y'all. Well, that'd be a dream of mine. Henry, you go first. <laughs> to win an Oscar. Okay, um, I've been listening to a few different things repeatedly. The new Dijon album, absolutely, I've been listening to a lot because Nick just was in the studio with our new friend, Andrew Sarlo, who produced and wrote a couple songs on that record, and he turned me on to it. And yeah, I, I've listened to it like every other day for the past few weeks, which I haven't been struck by an album 
like that in a while. I've also been listening to the new uh, Nula Puryanya record. That record's super cool, though. Her songwriting is is sick. Very unique, jazzy. I love the way that she sort of arranges everything. Jacob? I've been listening to... God, yesterday I listened to King Crimson's Beat album. Wow. It was a very funny way to start the day. We were doing another interview, and right before that, I put that on, and it was just like, like I haven't listened to it in a while. Henry actually showed me this live video that they did that was like so insane. It's on YouTube and it's just like the craziest performance because half the band is like using like MIDI instruments. So every everyone's like playing like actual instruments, but they're digital. Like the drummer's playing like a digital drum kit. The bassist has a thing called a stickman that has like a bass guitar strings and there's two i think there's two strings henry you know about this right it's, mm-hmm, the chapman it's stick two, it's yeah the chapman stick yeah and, yeah. It, and it, it's like two of the strings i think are, are midi strings yeah so they just so he just wow he, he can go all over it and it's like Dude. the most interesting video adrian blue in that video too is running like a crazy like modular setup that's all in the back there and yeah the sounds like he gets talking insane are Does we allowed to cuss like, on here oh absolutely I didn't know. We allowed to cuss on Heck here. yeah! Heck yeah! yeah. Let's go! <laughs> I'm Henry Dill. Am I allowed to say fuck on? Me? <laughs> pardon, pardon my French, ma'am. Pardon me. <laughs> pardon me, ma'am. That, Can I say shit? that record rules, Jacob? That's the best King Crimson. Era. It's it's really it's really really good. And I was like, I was taking that in in the morning. I spent a lot of my days like at home putting on YouTube and, and looking on, at my phone and nonstop Alex G is playing. Like it's literally just trick plays a lot. And another thing that's really been getting me going is the meat puppets. Oh, which hell yeah. I never oh. really, every time I listen to the meat puppets, I like go to my computer and I start recording music and I don't know why. And it, it's like not music that is like, that sounds like the meat puppets, but because they're so interesting, I'm so inspired to just do something a little bit different. Which is a very good mindset to have. Yeah, man. That band rules. They're incredible. It's insane. They're, you know, <laughs> SST punk label. And then they just, they're like, get over here and be this weird, interesting band that's not punk, but they're unique and fast paced. And then they just have this whole career of just doing their own thing, being interesting. And like, you can't pinpoint like who they are. You got to be inspired by the underdogs, you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like they're definitely underdogs. That was a, definitely ahead of its time i feel like for sure but yeah the fact that they continued on and like some people have kind of done like the country teasers i feel like have kind of made stuff influenced by them but is not as listenable but they're always just so listenable to me i think about shows that i wish i could have been at and there's this kind of infamous one that happened in san pedro called joy at sea and it was in the minutemen and the meat puppets played on a boat i saw the meat puppets play at the echoplex like probably four years ago four or five years ago and it was nice. a long show. They played like <laughs> they played like probably two and a half, maybe two forty-five. Just like really milking wow. it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was cool. That reminds me of Nick's Duster story, where it's always like the opposite, where it's like it's a band that like thinks everyone wants to see like a really long show, and then <laughs> and then it, and then the Duster show, it's like everyone wants well, to. Du- Wanted them to keep going because everyone was just the so Duster show is like it's hammered. like Duster is so was so cult and they weren't really touring and like that that is like such a such a band that was 
you know, very discovered later on in the internet era and like a bunch of, and so influential to so many like bedroom pop stuff. So like everyone who went to see Duster, that was like, you're seeing some freaking legends right now. It's like, these are the guys who started all the music that we're into now, and, you know? And like, just from and, your story, and, it didn't seem like they were really aware of like how Duster, how they, Duster's like, performance, they were all looked really surprised. They were so good and it was money and it was like magical that night. I haven't been listening to Duster though. What have you been listening to, Nick? <laughs> I, I have not been listening to that. Segway, segway. <laughs> um, I've been listening to my own record that I just finished. It just <laughs> We just finished recording it in the studio. And now, like, I'm supposed to listen for, like, mixing notes and production notes. And, like, you know, now we're getting into the thick of it. This is what Nick's but other band, the, for reference. This is what my other band, Current Joy, is. It's like a Celtic folk psych record and very excited about it but been listening to that and 100 gex oh yeah <laughs> oh man it's and... a big gex head yeah don't let our social media manager hear you uh i played 100 gex for her once and she threatened to throw my phone out the window <laughs> who's your social it, 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 media man who who do you have running your social media if they don't like gex dude that's what i've been trying to explain i'm like you don't have to like them i was like i was so against 100 gex and then uh, like nick showed me a lot of and then their i new came stuff. around and nick nick showed me a lot of their new stuff and i was like so blown away and i was and i went back and listened to the older stuff so like it just that band just takes time to like uh-huh. really take in if you don't get it Listen, y'all, it's the future of music. Look, <laughs> get on board. I mean, like, but it's been the future. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Jeez, like, what else sounds that interesting? <laughs> Who else can, like, put 10 genres in a, in a song and it's okay? You know, that's <laughs> fucking sick. Oh, yeah. I feel like Frank, Frank Zappa spent his whole career trying to do that. And, and he did didn't that in like do three, it. Yeah, and he didn't do it. And, and Frank Sinatra. Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Frank Sinatra never accomplished what 100 Gex could. Absolutely. You can quote me on that. It's crazy I, just like how it, this band has kind of in such a short time just insinuated itself into the conversation. I remember Thanksgiving last year, it was like we had a Friendsgiving and everyone was over. And then like one person there had like a bunch of free tickets to 100 Gex. And like everyone at the table was like, do you want to just leave and go to hun- the 100 Gex show? And like, we're just like, wait, are all of our guests leaving to go see 100 Gex instead of finishing dinner? <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, I might have joined them. <laughs> I really appreciate the Frank Zappa diss. I feel like I like him more as like someone for his clips on like Crossfire and like going on TV more so than I do the Frank Zappa catalog. I like the Captain Beefheart collaborations, but then when it's like, yeah, it is hard to get into. I know when people try and sing the praises, I'm like, how often are you putting on a full album? How often are you listening? It's too Never. much and it's like too much. I asked the same question for Black Midi. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) How often are you putting on that music and listening to it? (laughs) Are you enjoying yourself? I mean, I know that's not the point, and I respect the shit out of them for that. But people who are like, I listen to Black Mini all the time. It's like, what do you listen to Scott Walker all the time, too? You fucking sociopath. Scott Walker, wow. <laughs> Gotta hear okay. my what you listen to, What do you listen to, to Scott Walker's last album and you're just walking around <laughs> Silver Lake, like enjoying your iced coffee? 
No. <laughs> well, as a segue, uh, I've been listening to Scott Walker's record, uh, Walking Around Silver Lake. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, no, no, no. Scott, Scott 3 is fine, you know. What have I been listening to? I've been listening to a former guest of the show, Tessa Violet. Um, she was actually our last in-person guest. That was like over a year ago. Um, I mean, if you're not familiar with her, she was this YouTube star who taught herself how to play music when a friend left her guitar in her car. And now she's she has like a couple of really good records. She's about to release her new one. She like does all like she kind of parlayed this little chance happening into just this catalog of catchy oddball pop. Um, the three singles out right now are called Yes, Mom, Breakdown and Kitchen Song. And all three are great for different reasons. They they like kind of incorporate like rich, glitchy production. It, it heightens the atmosphere of her song. I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe it. It's like always sounds like what she wants you to feel. It's like a little bit unsettling, but at times you just want to get down to it. So different vibes. Yes, mom. It does a tango on this line between self-love and self-indulgence. Breakdown. It's a bad mental health day, but make it lit. And then Kitchen Song is pretty different. It's this kind of acoustic song where it's just like where you're so in love, you fantasize about all the boring stuff like cooking dinner and walk, walking the dog with your significant other. But yeah, I, I can play all three of these songs on the uh, loop. I'm really excited for her album. Tessa, let's get together again and and uh, listen to your sound bowl in Ryan's living room. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Ryan. Definitely. Well, I want to pay tribute to one of Scott Walker's collaborators, Alistair Malloy. He's the one who slapped the pig on the drift to make all the cool sounds on that. Oh, there we go. That uh, meat oh, slapping. Nice. Let's go. Meat slapping, meat puppets. We're bringing it all around. And he played the he played machetes. Alistair Malloy, I think, is his name. Or Majoy. Malloy Majoy. I could pull it up, but can't get bogged down. We got to keep it moving. What I've been listening to isn't quite as challenging, but I still like it for different reasons. It's a new hot chip single that I'm really liking. I'm always going to listen to what they do. I love a hot chip show for dads jamming, and it always sounds so fun. This one's called Freak Out Release, and it just sounds like a Kraftwerk song. I mean, just a straight up Kraftwerk intro, and I love that. Well, let's get the hell in this bar, huh, Anthony? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could stand outside uh, just on the sidewalk talking about music as long as as we want, but I kind of I kind of need a drink. It's been it's been a long day already. But first, as a quick reminder, everyone, every song that we mention on the show goes directly onto the accompanying playlist in the episode description. But also, we have a "What Have You Been Listening To" playlist that exists apart from all these episodes. It's all the weird stuff we've been listening to every week. We got submissions from up and coming artists that we really really like. So you know, drop into our DMs, show us your stuff, show us your friends' stuff. We love to feature it. Um, get get your stuff out there. But anyway, I think it's time to reopen the bar for the first time since Pedro left. And listeners, this is our second episode back from break, but uh, it is being recorded first in line. And that's because time doesn't really exist here. It's not a thing. We live in our own version of the Upside Down. It has better drinks and everyone sings the Star Spangled Banner to keep Vecna away. What what point was I making, Ryan? I where Where are we? What are we doing? I got a little lost in the thread, honestly. But okay. um, <laughs> who's well, lost in the sauce? I'm who's I'm it? wasted. Vecna. Vecna. Yeah, that's a, str- a Stranger's thing. Stranger Things reference. Oh, well, actually, a D. Sorry to tell you, Eddie doesn't watch that trash, right? I've never seen an episode. <laughs> it's oh, wow. not trash. Do not let Messiah hear you. It's because I'm a grown up. 
Oh. 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 Well, let's get into the bar before these people in line start throwing hands. Jacob, Nick, Henry, did you bring anything to show the bouncer today? Yes, I have something. Go I for have, it. Yeah, me too. I have a I have a little rat skull. Oh. <laughs> that was oh, wow. This little guy was running around my room a year ago, and I I set up a trap, and he was electrocuted and died from electrocution. Oh, my God. And I buried him in the yard and dug him up about six months later and excavated the skull. And this is... Oh, my God. The skull. You returned him to the earth. Exactly. Henry's a fucking psycho. That's a sick offering. That's a sick offering, though. Seriously, <laughs> did you? How could they? How could they deny that? Exactly. You know? get, did you get the skull yourself? Did you obtain it from the carcass on your own, or did you require extra help? I obtained it on my own. I buried it like maybe foot in the ground, marked the spot, and just waited for the decomposition to happen. And it happened yeah, in about like six months. And I it dug was it up. Bones. Did you, you eat the, did you did you eat the well, meat? Ah. No, the so the worms it? and the bacteria ate the meat. I just waited. <laughs> so <laughs> so that didn't that didn't compromise your vegetarianism. Killing the I don't, No, it was annoying me. Oh, uh, this was actually before yeah, I. Uh, before yeah. you were vegetarian. This was before I stopped eating meat. Too. <laughs> I like the idea that the single the minute something annoys you, it's all off the table. Your respect for life is all off the table. Dude, this hamburger is annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, well, hey. Nick, can you top that at all? I don't know. Jacob, you go first. <laughs> no, well, I have a real mice in my apartment right now, so that that's so crazy have... to me. Well, okay. I was thinking this is a good way to to, to get in is by uh, just showing my keys because there's so much personality on this sucker. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I got I got my uh, I got my mama keychain, which is a band nice. that is uh, our homies. It's an eight. Oh. I saw oh, Mama. Right. They opened for um, former guests of the show Mating Ritual last year. Hell yeah. Nice. They're, they're the best. They're mm-hmm. like one of the, the, I think they're one of the greatest like modern bands right now. You know, where I, I like everything that they do. It's so goddamn good. They're awesome. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, play some shows with them again. I got this uh, Ska bottle opener that I got at Amoeba. I got into Ska again pretty recently. Nice, Jacob. Not, not tonight. Because stuff. of 100 Gex. Because, because of 100, 100 Gex. Yeah, exactly. And I'll show off a... Dead ass, dude. And I'll show off just it's one more thing. powerful band. My A24 membership because I'm a motherfucking cinema file. <laughs> you can be a <laughs> member of A24? Jacob, no, for five Jacob, you gotta be Jacob, you got to be careful walking around L.A. with that uh, Criterion bag and that A24 <laughs> membership bag. I don't use the Criterion bag anymore. Conflicting that's, that's, colors, yeah. That's out. Yeah, for five bucks a month, they just send you like a bunch of free stuff. Like on your birthday, they'll give you a free twenty four store item. And I got an email to go see bodies, bodies, bodies for free. What? But I didn't see it because oh. <laughs> I have no desire to see that movie. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of like, that that's kind of like a cool perk. Is like they'll just send you. They'll be like, hey, go see this movie for free because you're a member. But should we <laughs> should we get you into the bar too, Nick? Fuck. Yeah, let's okay, see your yeah. item, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. I brought oh, shit. Oh, my, my gold gosh. record. <laughs> ah, there it is. Hell yeah. Nice. And uh, as you mentioned, we're we're all, we're platinum now, but I sent the platinum one to my mom. Oh, that's nice. 
I do this. I send it to my grandma. That's sweet. Wow. That'll get you in for sure. Oh, there we got to take a screenshot of this. Nick's standing on a chair, <laughs> holding it up like Simba. Yeah, and we're still on the sidewalk. Who wants to go in and get a drink? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. So thirsty. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Tunes and Tumblers bar. Please ignore the smell of fresh paint. We've been in the process of remodeling this bar for a new era. Ryan, what have we been trying to add to this place again? What, what's going in right now? Well, we are going to add a uh, one of those county fair things with it's the arm wrestling, like the metal arm wrestling hand that people have to try and fight against. We're going to put that in. We're going to put an ant farm with a uh, neon light behind it. Oh, cool. And then hopefully parlay that into some races, get some betting going and make some real money. Understand? <laughs> uh, so we got we got big we got big plans for this bar. <laughs> Big, big plans. Things Pedro would never let us do. He was very against the ant farm. But we need some theme music while we get this party started. Ryan, do you have an album for us to listen to on the jukebox? We do. It's a magic jukebox because this album's not really out yet. But um, we are listening to some highlights from Magic Hour, the new album from Surf Curse. second we didn't approve of this <laughs> we can't play this in this bar full of people it's lucky then that no one is no one comes in here it's just <laughs> right. dead there's there's definitely like one guy at the end who's been here way too long but yeah but he's the source of income so we don't chase him out can we, can we cosplay him later being like a record producer who like you know he's like hey kid i heard the song <laughs> hey how you doing yeah wow it's pretty good huh or yeah, he does it's... the Tom Hanks thing for Elvis, where he yes. just, he's white. It's literally like Clint Eastwood. It's like Clint Eastwood, but he's an old like Capitol producer. Pretty, pretty good kid. Pretty good. And then he walks out. He yeah. dies. <laughs> On the side. Hit, hit by a bus immediately. <laughs> yeah. Capitol's, Capitol's perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The script is right, writing itself. Oh, man. We're going to have to release it for our non-existent uh, Patreon. Drew, how are we on that Patreon? Is it up yet? Get up, get, get, get to it, man. Uh, but while that's happening, uh, we are still in the process of finding a full-time bartender. And while we're sifting through these resumes, our, our other host, Nasaya, she and I were like, well, why don't we just do this ourselves? So we broke a lot of glasses. We spilled a cocktail shaker all over the floor. But in the end, I think we ended up making something pretty awesome. And we'll see if you can see it through my green screen background. You can kind of see it. Uh, here it is. This is, yes, I've been waiting to drink this all day while we've been uh, chatting. Yes, by this time the ice is melted. Why don't I tell you what we've got uh, mixed up here? That's a good rim on that thing. And let me tell you, that's kind of where we started. We wanted to start with the song Sugar because, you know, it's just an absolute bop. So the rim of this thing is going to be brown sugar. It's chili powder. And it is salt. And the reason why we did that is because you wanted tequila or mezcal. And you know what? Great place to start. Let's get something southwestern. Uh, let's let's make it uh, let's make it a party. So we had mezcal, and this is magic hour. This is that kind of liminal space between day and night. It's the transition. What are we doing? We're out on the beach. We're enjoying the last 
few rays of sunlight. The surf is getting kind of cold. We're going to ride one last wave to the shore. It's kind of like a tiki drink moment, but let's make it Southwestern. So this is mezcal. And then we started with mango nectar and a little bit of lime juice and agave nectar. You always got to put that agave in if you're doing something like a margarita, anything with mezcal, really don't do your simple sugar. You got to get the agave. We're going to throw that in with some muddled cilantro. And we did a version where if you don't like cilantro, we know a lot of people think it tastes like soap. You can do it with mint. Both taste really good. The one I got here is the cilantro version. You muddle the cilantro with a little bit of jalapeno, with the lime juice and agave, get all of those, all of those essential oils just like mixed together. Then you add your mezcal and your mango. You're going to shake that up with ice and then double strain it over the grapefruit and ice. And you know, it's really simple. It turns out looking great. You've got that taste of transition, a new era. You're feeling kind of bittersweet about what's come before, but man, you're really excited about what's to come. And, you know, I can't even take credit for the names of this thing. This was all Nasaya's idea. This is the last wave. And she really wanted to kind of like linger on the fact that like, this is this is uh, paying tribute to what has happened, the fun time surfing out and out in the ocean. But you know, it's time to come back in and try something new. So cheers, everyone. To magic hour, to the last wave. Cheers, hey, cheers. very, very impressive. Looks amazing. So now I'm in the position of Pedro, where I am drinking the uh, the cocktail, but no one else is. Mm. And listeners, if you don't drink alcohol, which we know a lot of you don't, the way that you do this as a virgin drink is instead of mezcal, just double up on the grapefruit. Get the unsweetened grapefruit because you want to cut the sweetness a little bit and just make it nice and smooth. We know that mocktails in general are often a little sweet if you don't do them right but without getting any of that fancy virgin spirit that they got out there just just get some more grapefruit it tastes delicious Dummy. is that is that a real or a virgin one uh you know it's saturday y'all so i am i am imbibing <laughs> Let's it's it's real, baby. <laughs> mm. i would have done i would have done the exact same reaction if you told me uh it wasn't <laughs> yeah, baby. It's the mocktail, right. baby. All right, let's go. <laughs> We've done a lot of talking, and I kind of want to talk about your music now. You know, Magic Hour is dropping in a few days. It's fun, it's refreshing. It now has its own cocktail. But I was thinking there are some worlds where it doesn't really exist as it is, and maybe not even at all. A lot has happened for you guys in the past, you know, year and a half, two years. And if you rewind a little bit to before that, where did you think Surf Curse was going to be here in 2022? Good question for Nick and Jacob. That's right. Henry, you're new, aren't you? I am. He's a new guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It was, it was very refreshing to hear uh, members of Surf Curse, Nick, Jacob, and, and Henry, because it feels so, it's so nice to have Henry in this band compared to just only being me and Nick for like so long. I, I have to take that in a little bit. It was very sweet. Oh. Because we're very happy to have like uh, Henry and Noah in the band. I don't know where we'd be though, because I mean, just so much crazy, crazy stuff happened. Even before the pandemic, we were just kind of winding down. I don't know where we'd we'd be, you know. But we just had so much crazy stuff happen with the band uh, that, you know, it we we now exist more than ever. Nick, yeah, didn't expect to, to be yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did not expect <laughs> to be here at all. Where do you think that the band was going? Like, what kind of direction were you moving in before Freaks blew up on the uh, on the internet? 
We were like a, a boat dead in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> There's we like were, nothing going on. Yeah, there wasn't any no like, plans. There was no plans. Yeah, or anything. like no. And, and yeah, yeah. there's no tour plans. We we're just kind of like winding down, and then we got. Yeah, and then started getting this, emails and and our manager being like, "It's blowing up on TikTok," and like we were like, then, "Okay, whatever." Like I didn't use TikTok at the time. I don't know if Jacob did. Yeah, did but I mean, TikTok? I wasn't you, seeing you it on my the... feed though. Everyone was like, "Freaks is like playing like on our on our like my TikTok feed." I like hear it all the time now. All these himbos are using it as like a sound. <laughs> himbos? Is that <laughs> the new trend? Oh yeah, himbos. It's like it's like those really like. Like hot buff, looking guys who are like hot, doing yeah. like you know either they're they're singing they're doing like this they're singing the song or they're like whoa steps this like what are you doing without a towel you know that kind of vibe <laughs> wow <laughs> you know so it, softcore softcore tiktok pornography really yeah, like, exactly. blew up. like this yeah. is we've never really we've never really talked about this before but it's kind of important to get into <laughs> that's, that's weird the majority really of the tiktoks with, like, were softcore pornography well, is that not what you were imagining when you wrote it? Hey, good question, man. Good question. I mean, we were 19. You got a lot of feelings when you're 19. I sure did. So, yeah, whenever we wrote that song, it just translated to 10 years later, young himbos just falling in love with it. But then everyone else fell in love with it, too, because it just kept. I think popping. we put a I think we put a softcore porn in, in most of the song's energies, you know, kind of just... yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a better LA Times article opener than about Scooby-Doo's alleged polyamory subtext soundtracked by freaks. <laughs> I, like, I saw that and I was like, wow, what an opening to an article about a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, that... you know, we, we talk about like how it blew up on TikTok, but we, we don't talk about a lot is how weird the videos were. <laughs> I don't know when I finally when I think Jacob finally showed me like a collection of freak TikToks and I was like this is what's going on yeah like, this is what's blowing up this is crazy <laughs> and then like just a week like actually like a month ago now I got TikTok and I've been on TikTok now and I just understand that it's like a really cringy embarrassing place you know it's like a hyper reality really mm. um is the best way I can describe it that's a really good way to Nick, you do you do TikTok insanely perfect. It's crazy. I do I do very subversive TikTok where I'm like, it makes you want to throw. You're up. like you're like, is he is he like is he joking about it? Is he really into it? You know, is he doing that fit check? Is it a joke? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's a, Nick is like Nick is like a deep diving in his acting skills. It's insane because I don't know if I can't tell if you're genuinely like doing it to to do it or because you love it. oh you mean the nicole kidman one i did all of it nick all of your TikToks. <laughs> all of them are deep are deep uh deeply it's like i'm researching for a character role right it, 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 he's walking it i'm it's trying i'm very i'm still here yeah you're auditioning for funny pictures too you're just putting that you're putting that energy out into the universe oh yeah if people wanted to follow you and determine for themselves whether or not you're joking, what's your tag? My full name, Nick Radigan. No on one that. follows me. No one follows me on that trash. It's it's amazing. Really? It's like you it's like, so it's like kind of, I guess I get a lot of like the people who do follow. I mean, compare it to my Instagram. I have like 140,000 followers on Instagram, right? But like but like on on TikTok I have like 2,000. 
and but like it's freeing you know i can kind of i can kind of be more crazy on it you know i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost banned i got two videos that were that were flagged i have this thing on my account that's like account warning don't do anything else like provocative <laughs> and yet and yet your song is soundtracking softcore pornography at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah you, you never know how those terms of services are going to get you it's 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 soundtracking the yearning of tiktok tweens i think they love it there's a certain yearningness or feeling of yearning that i think is so present in so much of your stuff and comes through so nicely on like sugar for instance has so much of that to me and that first and like the arrangement of it it feels like it's just like such a amazing step for the band and my my question about that song was was the outro originally a lot longer and did you have to trim it for that it feels so hard not to do that jam for like another two minutes as like a band well the the outro no it's all it was always that short but that's Mm. that's a funny question um yeah it's just supposed to like crescendo to this like chaos i don't i don't think i could last if it was any longer like when we play that song live (laughs) it's hard yeah yeah, like you kind of, it's it's just supposed to be like an explosive chaotic moment, you know. It was originally Sorry. supposed to be like a a synth like pop song. That was mm. like It was I can it see was that. like interesting. When we when it, it we like first went into the gunk, studio, gunk. there was a yeah, like when we went into Electric Lady the first time, uh we were like uh I just got a, such a funny email with the with the title uh nude photo of Gene Hackman. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I read. I read that, and it literally just like my mind was like. Uh, so what was I just talking about? Electric Lady in the studio. Electric Lady. Pop. Okay, Electric Lady. When we first went to Electric Lady and we were recording Sugar, it was like we were like, let's make this like sort of the pop song, sort of like the radio pop hit. And then the label heard it, and they were like, no, it should be more like the demo. <laughs> like it should sound more like you guys. So mm-hmm. maybe one day, maybe one day our, our, our uh, pop version will, will reach the surface, you know? Oh, interesting. Mm. Huh. It's like the opposite major label note story. <laughs> I know, yeah, right? That hap- a lot of that happened on this, on this record where it was like, it was like, hey, we like, we like the original a little bit better. Like the ones that you guys did whenever you were just recording like in a room. And it was like, oh, they, they. They weirdly get it because it was like, yeah. oh, we have to find that. We're like, we have to impress them, and we have to like make something that just feels like everything else. And they're like, uh, no, just just do your own thing, just like just be yourself. And it's like, what? That's okay, sure. You know, there wasn't like go. We weren't. Sh- they want. We wanted to shoot for the stars, and they're like, no, you already, you're already there. You already can do it. You know. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, especially like a major label. You know. And it sounds a little bit like there was that perceived pressure that you had to try something new getting on a major label. Um, did you feel like, you know, with this newfound success that there was kind of a pressure on you to, to change or how did you feel about that? No, I think I think we just like to change, you know, like, yeah, I, I think I think if we were ever going to make like, you know, more, you know, it's just like every record should 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 be an evolution because if unless you unless you're not evolving yourself you know and uh that's a difficult thing because like when you put out a record that's super different it's not always like accepted or liked or 
even acknowledged, you know, people, people like to hear the familiar with their bands, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but to me, like, to me, the, the, it's, it's all the, all the fun of it is trying something different and that makes you out of your comfort zone. So I don't think it was really, well, it's obviously intentional, but it's, it was never about like, oh, we have all this success. We have to do something this way or that way. It's more well, like, it's oh, like- now, now we have the resources to do what we want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the scary thing that we had to go through was like, because Freaks was popping off, which is something that we wrote when we were 19 and we're, and then having to like make a whole new album and off of the, the, the success off of a song that came out literally like what, 10 years ago, it's just, it's like doing that and then being like way older and like trying to like, oh, do we ha- like, you know, does everyone expect us to like keep making something that we made when we were like, you know, 19 or 20? It's like, oh, we don't know. It's like fine, actually. And we mm-hmm. can just do whatever we want. And, and no matter what, we were just going to like do whatever we want too, just because, yeah, it's, it's really about like evolutioning and like keep pushing ourselves to like make the things that we want instead of like, uh, like, you know, sacrificing to make something familiar that was so in our path. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot recently about how the way we listen to music now is described as just constantly present tense. Um, so because you can access anything at any time, like uh, every something that you made, you know, a decade or in the case of Kate Bush, like 40 years ago is suddenly just like a part of the conversation. Do you think that that um, means that you can just kind of do whatever you want and and like no one cares about like what the actual sound is going to be like. Do you think that that's helping you in your creative process or is it affecting it at all? I think you just have to be a lot more interesting and take a lot more risks because you're competing with the history of music as you know it. Like if these songs can stand up in the same time as you can, you're competing with like the clash. Like you don't want to just make a clash song. You want to make something interesting that sort of sounds like it or is inspired by it but it has its own taste has its own flavor to it or its own message to it you know um and i feel like it's amazing it's amazing to live in this time when all those things can be experienced as one but you just it just makes you have to work a little harder you know you have to be more creative you can't just like uh, one thing I feel is that it's it's very it, it just like has saturated everything in such a way because you can also experience so many different melodies that it it kind of overloads you and you need to hear something interesting or or captivating you know um, but yeah I think it's just it's 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 a challenge but it's also it's also amazing to live in a time where Kate Bush can be number one you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fascinating. And we live in unprecedented times, you know? Yeah. And as a, as a, as a listener, there's also this pressure that like there's 60,000 songs put on Spotify every single day. It's like, am I supposed to just constantly take in new stuff? Like it, to that's literally like a chapter in infinite jest. There's like this guy who has a bunch of video cassettes and he gets anxiety about watching the right video cassette. So he, he essentially becomes like paralysis, like uh, paralyzed, paralyzed, paralyzed by, <laughs> by the anxiety. God, that's such a prescient. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy. What a good, what a good, uh, scary. Yeah. It's what funny. A, Cause it's like, good, uh, as like a songwriter, it's like, you just, you want to make whatever you want. Yeah. And then 
it, it could stand the test of times, but you know, that's but as like a listener and as like a fan of music, it's like it's like the the it's great that uh everyone has access to the history of music, like and everyone talks about it now. I was I was like talking about this like the other day where it's like it's like I'm very happy that like there's so much access and so much that is like being given to you in a way that's like oh like now this kid I I I like search for this song, you know, when I was like 21 going on block spots, like going on media fire, like finding all this like crazy obscure stuff and here it is like a sound on TikTok or someone's you know talking about it and it's like and it's like oh that's that's great you know because it's like now everyone gets to enjoy this song but it's also like how long something lasts for in this day and age it's like someone will release an album and they work so hard on it and then it comes out and then a week later the listeners listen to something else or mm-hmm. like or they're or they're literally like and i this happened to me recently where like i made an album 18 songs took me two years to do a month later i get a message when's the, when's some new music coming out <laughs> oh god and i'm like what uh, that that's so much that was so much time that that album is so long there's so much to get from it you know and it's and that's the scary thing is like it's like how long do you last and like this mind of just everyone just taking things in like over and over again it's all fresh it's all new there's no time to just kind of take your time with like a a, a piece of art or something there's there are some things but, that like i can but- latch on but I, I would also say that like it's interesting because things well things have become more like niche. I don't think that it's quite sacrificed some people's like patience. You know, like it's interesting how like Cassavetes has become so big, you know, and I feel like those are really challenging films. And like most most people have seen like a lot of Cassavetes movies now, or even like, you know, in my personal experience, like like a different age becoming more popular over like pandemic time or in this time, you know, it just like, it's like, wow, it seems like everybody's sensibilities are becoming much more heightened and, and like, they're just going to like love it and leave it. I feel like there's also uh, evidence of like people who are getting into things that are slower or tapping in like a slower currency. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a strange world that we've ended up living in. And I, I keep thinking about just, you know, five, six years ago where Spotify was around, but it wasn't this monster. I'm trying to look for a better word because like I do use Spotify, but it's just this gargantuan thing that just like feeds pop culture. And it's like, you want this master? Like I I have curated this playlist of podcasts and songs to match your morning run where you're going to make three right turns and a left. Like it's, it's just crazy um, how everything just feels so now everything is now every nothing sounds antiquated at least to me Hmm. what do you guys think about that it's like well it's lost (laughs) its personality of like the search to like delve into something you know like you Mm -hmm. you you like something and you're like oh my god what is this you know and then you and then you start like going to a record store you or you look for it online and you and you try to like find a way to listen to it and everything right now is just easily accessed or it's like given to you like on a silver platter mm-hmm. like just I, I i i've stopped using my spotify to listen to like the discover weekly because the last time i listened to it it was like like a lot of it was stuff that i did not like i'm like why is it recommending me this band i hate this band you know but then there'd be <laughs> a song that I'd, I'd be really attached to and i didn't like that i didn't like that uh it was it was uh 
it, it was really honing in on me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop using this now. So I only use it to look up songs, but I don't use it to like tell me what to listen to. Because the, right. I, I really, because there was those days where you're just like, you're, you're like, I got to go to a record store now. I got to, I got to like, I got to like, I got to go on my own journey to like really fall yes. in love with a band instead of being told, this is your new favorite band because of everything. You know, everything that you like, we put it in and here you, here you are. You think you're unique, asshole? Look how predictable you are. We're going to shove oh. this into your face and you're going to like it. I also think this is another thing with like the saturation of music where like what the current culture of music just being on TikTok for like a month is that it feels like a lot of people are just using music as a projectile vessel to become famous in some way, shape or form. Like most of the people that are blowing up on TikTok are real. It's like the songs aren't that great. I don't know, like or like interesting, peculiar or particularly, but um, it, it just seems like that's the main motivation here. And, and I think that could be like the biggest problem is that like, it's not only saturated, but it's become like a golden ticket to fame, you know? Um, and it almost feels like a bunch of like people showing up to like, you know, like I was just watching this Marilyn Monroe doc or, and there it's like all these young, you know, people come into Hollywood to be a famous actress. Cause this is where it happens that like TikTok feels like that new Hollywood or something in like the thirties. And, and people just have like, I don't know. I don't want to say I know people's intentions, but it seems like people's intentions are are skewed and it kind of like hurts that music a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. You can hear it, I think, more so I than I wish I could. <laughs> which is why which goes <laughs> which goes back to I guess the conversation of like, you know, why we make music or how we make music and um taking risks and stuff is just like I don't know. I I just I don't know what everybody else's intentions are, but I, I feel like I just like making music that I would listen to myself or like that I like, you know, that's interesting to me. And that's like my first and foremost. And then everything else is like, I don't know, all it the other processes of it. It lands or it lands doesn't. Or it, doesn't. But, but, but it, it you, sinks or it floats. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> but you, but it's, it's yours, like you, you can't know? put your fuck, you can't put your, you can't put your, all your money on black. You know, it's not going to happen for everybody. And like, we've even achieved some level of success, but that'll go away too. You know, it's like, music is a fashion and it's, it's very um, corruptible. <laughs> so watch out. Absolutely. <laughs> But we're coming up to the end of our interview segment, and I want us to end on kind of a positive note. We've been talking a lot about... I love that note. I thought that was a great note. Oh. (laughs) But no, sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. (laughs) You're never going to make it. Stop. Just stop. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I want to talk just very briefly about the magic of Magic Hour. Um, Jacob, you described your excitement about rock music and being in a band about the magic that goes into it. And I want to know, like, what is it about that excitement that makes it magical? As much as music can be, um, like, kind of this cynical sphere in some ways nowadays, like, where do we find the magic for you guys? For me, at least, it's it's being in the room with with these three other guys. You know, like when we, when everything was like falling into place, it was like, okay, we're we're doing this now, and it was like we want to have Henry and Noah like be a part of this project. And then we got to record in like this very legendary studio, Electric Lady, and it it was just so like the magic is like being in that room all together, being with our producer Chris Cody, uh, 
his buddy Omar who jumped on to help him out and just like working our hardest to like, you know, make something real special and feel great. And we just had all these like moments of like going at me and Nick would like go to a, a bookstore nearby in New York and we grab all these like photo books of like the Rolling Stones and like hundred greatest album covers. And we're like looking through like this is this is like we need to find like what makes you know this great and this great and just taking like in all of this you know uh this knowledge and history and and also like just knowing like in that room like looking at these people it's like we were doing something special so like the magic is just our friendship and you know the heart that's being put into these songs like for me that's that's where the magic is Mm. yeah and that shit when it when it happens it it actually records onto the record I you know I agree with that though. It's, it's, it's not, it does. Yeah. You can you can feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like there's a reason why watching Apocalypse Now makes you feel like you want to kill yourself. You know, <laughs> like because because Francis Ford Coppola had two heart attacks. Dennis Hopper was a freaking crazy person. They're filming in horrible conditions. We were doing everything the opposite of that: falling in love, having fun creating things with people it's so satisfying when everybody uh, when you can do a creative process with other people and no one is like and everyone is inspired by it or move you know like in some way it's just it's it's been an awesome process and i i think that bleeds onto the the music itself and i i hope that's how we do the rest of uh our records for the (laughs) forever you know (laughs) whether it takes you to celtic punk or uh zydeco through a uh synthesizer yeah right on and hopefully we'll get the pop version of sugar very soon putting that <laughs> into the universe i, think, this, I, I, think I want people really to hear it. that <laughs> this is like this is what it could have been what do you think about that <laughs> 10 years later we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well this has been a lot of fun guys but before we wrap things up here i would like to play a round of our favorite game hashtag mood would you like to join me Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. I wish I had an air horn. <laughs> we got something better. We got a theme song. See, that's the hallmark of a good pop song. It's only 20 seconds long, and Nick is already singing the hook. And Anthony, you have almost finished your drink. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking for a long time, guys. <laughs> How long have we been talking? Oh, my goodness. Over an oh, hour. Oh, yeah. Schmowers. Yeah. <laughs> we've been talking for Schmowers, man. We're going to release right. when you get hey, man, we're a good time. with your friends. You know? <laughs> that's the magic right there. But what is Hashtag Mood, you ask? Hashtag Mood is that game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we're going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblers hotline where fans of the show, fans of Surf Curse have left us messages telling us how they've been doing, what's on their mind. We're going to pick one and we are going to each pick a song that goes with it to create an ultimate playlist for that fan. Are you guys ready to listen to one that Drew pulled? Yeah. And there's a note here. Uh, you guys reposted our call for moods, and 
this was unprecedented. We got the most moods we have ever gotten from fans of, of a band. It, oh, nice. Yeah, your your fans are into it. Drew actually pulled five, so I'm gonna click on one at random, and our our lovely robot voice Gail will read out what these people have said. Um, Dude, I love robot voices. Ben, <laughs> here we go. Listen closely. Let's see what this one is. Feeling like the one sock that doesn't have a pair, so it just kind of chills alone. At Moochman underscore loss. Moochman <laughs> underscore loss. Uh, thank you for for uh, letting us know how you feel. Like a like a sock that doesn't have its match in the laundry. <laughs> huh. Okay. So that's the mood. So yeah. we'll all pick a song and create. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> Nick, do you want to go first? No. I want everyone else to go first. But... <laughs> oh, all by myself. Oh, nice, Jacob. Don't want to be all by myself. Dude, dude. Yeah, that's Harry Nelson without you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nice. Oh, God. He's the ki- He's the original. He writes the best. Ba- he's best ballads ever, maybe. Imagine yeah. Ryan, a sock a... singing that song, dude. Ryan, you follow that <laughs> Harry Nelson TikTok? The Harry Nelson TikTok? His daughter runs it. You'd love it. Oh, shit. Okay. It, it's, all great, it's all this great info. It's great. Shit. Okay. I'm doing that. I mean, I vowed not to have TikTok, but if it means seeing the Harry Nelson. I think there's an Instagram, too. I think. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So much of TikTok just ends up on Instagram, Instagram anyway. So mm. I, I got one. I think I'm going to go with Nothing Ever Happens by Pavement. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, and I got to say, I, ho- <laughs> I hope it's a compliment when I say I felt like I heard a little bit of that in Self-Portrait. I felt like I heard a little pavement there. Oh, yeah. I'll take yeah. it. We'll take it. Man. I think the breakdown definitely. Breakdown for sure. Very yeah. pavement. Just very yeah. 90s. 90s. Mm. Very 90s. 90s. <laughs> I want to I wanna put in uh, Mr. Lonely Chipmunks version. That song oh, 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 The definitive version of that song. Go, Henry. Originally by, I think, Bobby, Bobby Vinton or something like that. Yeah. Chipmunks version though. Mr. Bobby <laughs> that's Bobby Vinton's man. That's like one of those '50s guys that was probably huge at that time, but now is just kind of like, like what did he do? Like rubber ball? Yeah, that guy. Wow. What if anyway. Bobby Vinton was like a 14 year old TikTok star? <laughs> yeah. All right, Anthony. Oh yeah, that's my turn, isn't it? Um, I'm going to lean into the laundry part of this and choose Hang Me Up to Dry by Cold War Kids. <laughs> Damn. I feel like that's become, yeah. That song's a ripper. It, it is. Uh, so good. And they just it kept was, it up. They started strong and just like their career has been one banger after another. That was one of those K-Rock songs that I heard. It, it's become like a K-Rock standard at this point. And you mm. hear it so much there. And it was one of those songs I just kept get playing and I always thought, Oh, who is that? Is that Queens of the stone? And I like never knew for years. It sounds so stupid and lazy, but I just didn't know. And I, yeah. And then now, yeah, it's so good. I could see a sock singing that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like on Sesame street. <laughs> a sock it. would definitely oh, be singing yeah. that. Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's probably the best one. 
You know, we kind of blew through that one. Uh, do you want to do just one more before we call it a day? Yeah. Let's do yeah. all five. No, all five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. What do we got? Here, here we go. Forever Dumb at Ryan Rojas 400. Ryan Rojas 400 is feeling forever dumb. Well, that's a surf curse song. <laughs> oh, is yeah. it just that we're going to just do that one four times? There we go. I like that. Let's do another one. Yeah. All right. Here's this one. Avenging my lizard at jxsteph.tx. <laughs> now that's a good one. My lizard. Okay, yeah. Wow. That's an interesting Avenging one. Okay. My lizard. Uh, I'm going to just go off cuff. Aphex twin window liquor. <laughs> oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I feel like there's a lot you can do with that. And like the real revenge comes in the breakdown you know what i'm saying mm. when it gets heavy yeah. i see like somebody like walking with like an axe or something to like go kick some ass whoever took their lizard you know <laughs> wow that's I, good my, my I, immediately i thought of uh just a rage song which is uh not the band but folk implosions daddy never understood off the kids soundtrack wow it's, it's oh my Lou, god Lou daddy never understood yeah it, wow. it's pretty good. Yeah, it goes off. <laughs> That's a wild soundtrack, man. It's it's insanely good. It's in, <laughs> like there's like Daniel Johnson's on there, Debido, love. I like love. I love all the folk implosion songs on there. It got it's me into so folk good. implosion. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with this one cuz I don't hate lizards. Henry it's, Henry just fucking <laughs> think about it. He's just thinking about the lizard skull in his head, how he's going to take that skull out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, he's four months in. <laughs> Wait, he needs two more. He needs two more. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Step Into the Arena by Gangstar. I feel like that's, that's always a good... Gangstar just, man, those things, they're like so minimal, but they go so hard. And I feel like that is a good vengeance song. You know how I know nice. about Gangstar? Through my Zune membership. Mm. <laughs> is that also on your keychain? Yeah, my my yeah, <laughs> I still got my Zoom card. <laughs> oh wow! But that was like back in the day in high school. That was the first like streaming site that like you could twenty five bucks a month, you know, just get unlimited music. But that Gangstar was like one of them. Wow! Like, one of those recommendations. They That's had hilarious. it. Hilarious. Yeah, I can go next. My brain is very associative. So when I heard Lizard, I thought of geckos. I thought of Gex, and Hundred Gex goes hard. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Money Machine by 100 yeah. Gex is what I'm listening to to pump me up to uh, avenge my lizard. Nice. Oh, yeah. You know, they're actually named after, I, like, their first EP has a picture of, like, a gecko on it. I think it's Gex the Gecko. I did not know. Like, like Gex the, the PlayStation game? Yeah, yeah. I think they're named after the Oh. And wow. their code, the, 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 when he, when Dylan Brady does his gek, I think that's from gex the gecko this is all oh hearsay God. this is all theories man. this is all this 100 is... gex lore this is, gex. this is actually 100 gex fan fiction really wow all right i'm gonna me have, and dylan uh... brady were hanging out at my house <laughs> interior day uh henry i'm gonna I have, actually uh... have a, i have another one so okay you just had yours no you go ahead then well, what is it I'm, cur- I'm curious what's yours no, I'm curious about yours, man. You, you say you're... No, you go first. No, you go first. To wrap this up, man. We've been talking forever. <laughs> you, say, you say yours and I'll say mine. Okay. One, two, three. 
<laughs> I was gonna say negative creep by Nirvana because that riff is just oh, so, oh, so heavy and gets me pumped up to I've been on a Nirvana kick lately yeah. also. That's that's another one. Negative creep rules. That's good. That sounds great. Love that. Um I was gonna say trapped head strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Because as a as a 13-year-old, nothing got me more hype. For yeah. sure. That, that was the I think. Another K-Rock standard. <laughs> I love and that. I love that song. Fortunately, and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then he went off and did some stupid things on all the social media. Yeah, Who, yeah. the guy? guy? Yeah. yeah. He said he was a I think he got banned from Twitter, right? For just like starting shit or something like that. Uh yeah, he's got some uh he's kind of like a pro Trump. I think he's kind of a MAGA, proud MAGA guy. And uh I think he's so just, much sense to me. He kind of yeah, he just kind of fell into the the hole a bit, I think. Aaron Lewis vibes, I guess. Right? Head, head, <laughs> Headstrong, Headstrong could have been like played at a Trump rally easily. Oh, I could have oh, seen that. For sure. I, I, I bet you there's a record of that being played when he's walking off the stage. <laughs> well, work, unfortunately, guys. that is that is my only drink of the day because we got to close up the bar. It's a bar that stays open for two hours between noon and two on Saturdays. And we wonder why we don't have any customers. <laughs> but do you have any lingering thoughts? Anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? I want to clarify something. I, I made some <laughs> remarks about Black Midi earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, I have no problem with that band. I like that band. But I don't, I can't, I don't and I can't listen to it for pleasure. I, I have listened to it. And it's it's a strange experience. It's it's very strange. Sometimes it's cathartic. Sometimes it's so avant garde. Would it change your mind if at Coachella you knew that they did an extended jam of "Can't Stop" by the Chili Peppers? Yeah, well, it. you know, I want to see the, I want to see them live. I want to <laughs> see them live because I've never seen them live, and I hear that's where the magic happens. We kept yeah, seeing yeah. him around at Coachella. He, he's he's the most like recognizable person there. <laughs> What, Jared Leto walked in front of us. We were like, is that Jared? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Jared Leto. Oh, is that Beck? We have to look at him a little bit. Yeah. Black Meaty Guy, and me, like, that a Black Meaty <laughs> for sure, for sure. He's, he's like the reincarnation of James Chance. And everything about him is very, and that means wow. very James Chance. Like, they look, he looks exactly like him, like, spitting image of him. The, the fact that they did, like, a, a Can't Stop jam is, like, I believe it, you know, because yeah. they're very, they're very like, don't take themselves too seriously, which is yeah. fun. Well noted. The record has been, has been, uh, let the record show. Let the record show. The record has been amended. <laughs> but yeah, listeners, you got to check out Surf Curse. They're on tour this fall. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely come out there. When are you guys in LA? It's yeah, it's been announced. We're we are playing, yeah, we're playing the Palladium. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. In December, right. like December, mid-December. Rad. Awesome. We will be there. Tunes and Tumblers fan, join us at uh, the Surf Curse show. And uh, will you guys be wearing the uh, the costumes from The Wizard of Oz at that one? Or will it be an A24 film this time? A24 we're film all going to sure. dress like bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're trying, we were talking about for our Vegas show dressing like uh, four different Elvis. Dude, we absolutely should do that. It's Halloween. And we show. still should do that. And then we should, and we're also playing. Uh, are we playing in San Diego for Halloween? We're playing yeah. San Diego on Halloween proper. So, 
yeah so we should so we're definitely gonna dress up for that too which we we were talking about dressing like really scary rad the theme is really scary (laughs) (laughs) revolutionary well, thank you guys. This has been a lot of fun. Anthony, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, Ryan, man. Ryan, thank you so much. I feel like you could be a buddy of mine. You got some good taste, baby. That means That's a lot. Keep I around. feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a lot. And if you go to the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod directly. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 Cheers.